Hola familia, welcome to Hey Titi, a podcast where you sit down with your favorite auntie and chat about life with a dash of advice, a sprinkle of tips, and let's not forget that adobo, that official sazón of Latinx flair. Así que vamos a empezar. Bienvenidos a Hey Titi. Hola familia, thank you so much for tuning in this week. A new year, a new season, another new episode. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you for doing all the things, following, liking, subscribing. If you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button. Follow us on at HeyTiti on all social media platforms. And today I have a very, very special guest. I'm honored and thankful to, to have today's guest on the podcast. She is a holistic relationship and trauma therapist. She has been featured in the Oprah's magazine. And I didn't even realize this when I was watching these episodes, but I'm, I love Petal Like, and she was also featured on Petal Like. It's a YouTube channel. It's a BuzzFeed show. Uh, thank you so much to Maritza from Mindful Quest RC for being here today. Hola, Maritza. Hola. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for being here today. I truly appreciate it. No problem. It's how, a pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, yes. Uh, how are you today? How how has your week been going? I'm good, ready to go. And my week's been a little slow, given that um, we're preparing for the holidays. It's actually been a little slow in that I'm not... I don't have as many appointments as I normally do. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. But, yeah. That's yeah. interesting well, that it would go that way. Yeah. I would think that it would amp up because I feel like these times for me are more like I need more help during these times, you know, like I need someone to talk to. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I, my current active clients, a lot of them are taking time off, so. Oh, yeah. okay. I appreciate the downtime. I appreciate the downtime. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's a good thing to always, it, it allows you to, you know, gives you, gives you your own time back. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and I brought Maritza on today because as you, as it is in her profile online, uh, she is a relationship and trauma therapist. And I thought, we love to talk about relationships here on Hey Titi. Um, and what can be more, um, it, what can be more real than talking about relationships? And in today's podcast, this is exactly what we're going to be discussing. And we're going to be talking about relationships and I and creating a sense of self when within a relation within a relationship. And today's quote actually came from Marita's um, Instagram page, Mindful Quest RC. And um, the the quote is: Authenticity is an act of love. La autenticidad es un acto de amor. And I feel like we're really going to be talking about being like authentic to yourself in this podcast. So I felt like that was like a very, um, I really touched me when I read that quote. I was like, oh yeah, we're using this quote in, in the podcast. <laughs> uh, so Maritza, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and your background? I know I talked touched on it a little bit, but can you just give us a little more? Thank you. Yeah, I will. Um start off by saying first and foremost I am a human being. Oh yeah. Um <laughs> I like to I like to remind myself that I am a human being because often we can get so so caught up in doing that we forget to take a break. Mm. And I feel like 
like I said, I've been having some downtime and I've been reflecting a lot on all that I've done this year and, you know, how productive I've been and also how intentional I've been about trying to not be as much of a doing person, mm. um, how I've been really like learning uh, how to rest. Um, actually, the pandemic kind of put me in that mode. Mm. And I feel like that kind of goes hand in hand with authenticity because often we hustle um, as a response to the expectations that other others put on us. Mm. And I feel like that that just kind of also um, creates um, a disconnect from ourselves when we when we become people who just do and produce and and just constantly stay busy. Um, so yes, I am a human being first and foremost. <laughs> um, and aside from that, like you said, I'm a I'm a therapist. I'm a a licensed marriage and family therapist in the state of California. Um, I identify myself as a holistic relationship and trauma therapist, um, specifically because I incorporate um, energy healing. I incorporate spirituality into the work that I do with people. I work with individuals and couples um, who are having relationship difficulties stemming from trauma, most of them from childhood trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, and also I am a wife, a wife of 17 years, and I am the oldest daughter of a Mexican family, um, out of five children. And I am, um, uh, her mama. <laughs> <laughs> I have a little, a little dog, my little dog soccer. Team. So yeah, that's who I am. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, Something that I think that was very important that you said, and I feel like we all forget to do this, is that identify that you are a person first. And then then all the other things come into play. Like then you're a fur mom, then you're a daughter, then you're, but you have to make sure you identify who you are. And I feel like we're going to be talking about that a lot in this podcast um, because when you enter a relationship, you often like become the girlfriend first and everything else comes second or third or fourth or fifth. And you can get lost in that. Um, yeah. So I feel like the, we're already heading into the right mind space for this. And <laughs> um, so thank you so much for sharing that. I appreciate it. No problem. And it's so interesting to me, not only the fact that you are a therapist, but um just reading your bio and then from what you're sharing with me right now, I feel like you um, being a therapist and then being all the other things, doing all the other things that you do as a therapist, I feel like is so um, different and unique and special uh, because number one, when I was growing up therapy and I even heard it voiced in my family that, you know, so para lo loco, that's just for crazy people. Um, you know, and you could lose things if you go to therapy and like, uh, people are going to think you're crazy. Um, and I, and I could hear it in my friends' households too, you know, they kind of mocked people who would attend therapy and it was just seen as something like very socially negative. And, um, I would just, if you could share a little bit how was your was your family similar to that and then and if so then how did you become a therapist um I feel like there was a mixed a mixed 
bag with my family. <laughs> um, I definitely have heard all that you that you said that you mentioned right now. Um, growing up, but also I did grow up in a household where um, my mom was not afraid to try and go to therapy. Mm. She did some therapy when I was a kid. I feel like that normalized it a little bit. I always like to point to the fact that my my parents would watch El Show de Cristina. Oh my God, I love that. And, <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that El Show de Cristina, sometimes they would bring on a, a therapist to talk to the people that were on the show. <laughs> I feel like that also normalized therapy for me. Yes. Um, and, you know, my parents would often talk about, you know, things going on in the family, with extended family. They would make comments and sometimes they would say they should go get help. Mm. Um, so I feel like in a lot of ways it was also normalized, even though there were those comments about, you know, therapy is for the crazy people, mm -hmm. la terapia de los locos, all of that stuff. I mean, for sure. Um, I do feel like they were mainly stigmatizing medication for me in, mm -hmm. in my in my upbringing because my parents were more of like the holistic, let's not take medication kind of people. Mm -hmm. um, let's go the natural route. I started getting um, acupuncture when I was the, the age of 10. Wow. Um, yeah. And so, and, and before that, you know, ever since I can remember, I would go to Soladores and take teas and do all these other things that my parents would bring me to. So, um, for sure, like, I feel like for them, the stigma was more behind taking the psychotropic medication. And so I feel like that's what created that room so that I wouldn't necessarily see it as a bad thing. Right. Um, and then also, uh, what led me to become a therapist is my own my own trauma mm -hmm. um, catching up with me when I was a freshman in college. Um, by that point, I was experiencing um, PTSD. Mm -hmm. And thanks to a mentor that I had um, my freshman year of college, um, she reached out to me when she saw that my that my grades were not doing. They're, they weren't good. Mm -hmm. She actually knocked on my dorm, on my dorm door and <laughs> had me go for a walk with her and checked in with me. And next thing I know, I was calling the number she gave me to schedule an appointment. Um, not knowing that my first session, I would have a lot to say. And that was the beginning of me and therapy. And from there, I just remember knowing it felt really good to speak my truth. Mm -hmm. It felt really good to have somebody sit there and hear what I had been carrying mm -hmm. and not talking about for so long. Mm -hmm. um, and that was the beginning of me being curious about therapy and eventually leading me to decide that I wanted to that I wanted to become a therapist. Wow, that's amazing. Uh, just the journey itself and um just it's so interesting to me that in in the same way where I would hear those those same conversations and therapy was not normalized but I too watched those shows and I too like uh, my mother also did like um, acupuncture and all and you know went to the chiropractor or had like the the soul the 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 soul letter like they would always like we would go with like we had stomach pain or something so it's interesting how 
it you're it was it is a holistic view but we we separated it from from that so I'm wondering I'm wondering if I have some unpacking to do with my own family and uh, talking about <laughs> what our views truly were if I'm just conflating them to become the same thing uh, uh-huh. and then truly they weren't it was um, maybe just like a dialogue that I was hearing and attaching to the word therapy uh-huh. and then to then to hear like the trajectory of how your life changed and what a wonderful person to come and speak to you and reach out to you like that um, that's, yeah. an, that, that was an amazing person to have in your life. I don't know if they're still yeah. in your life, but that, that was, that's amazing. No, unfortunately I lost track of her. Um, I will say her last name was friend. Mm-hmm. So, oh. <laughs> so oh. <laughs> it, it, um, it was, it was very fitting. Um, but I lost track of her. I, I don't really, I looked her up so many times and just to wanting to reach out and thank her because she has no idea the impact she had on my life. Yeah, that's um, beautiful. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm very, I'm eternally grateful to her. Wow. So, yeah. um, specifically, you are, um, you, you meant you said that you are a relationship therapist, and so yeah. could you please discuss with us uh, your role as a relationship therapist and when a couple should come to see you? So. My role, I specifically say I'm a relationship therapist because mm-hmm. I have specialized training in in working with couples. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to make that distinction because I feel that often people assume that just because somebody is a licensed marriage and family therapist or a licensed therapist, that that person can be a relationship therapist and mm-hmm. not everybody has the, the, the training for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's very, very important. Okay. Um, it's um, so my role when when a couple comes to me, um, and I will say also that I do get people coming by themselves to work on their relationship uh, without their partner, and we still focus on the relationship. So we can still do quote unquote couple therapy without the other partner present. Um. So I'm specifically trained in what's known as emotionally focused therapy, mm-hmm. which was um, created by Dr. Sue Johnson. Um, there's it's there's research backing the effectivity um, of the of the of the approach. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a fascinating approach. I've seen so many couples um, turn their relationship around when they're at the brink of of splitting up. Um, and also I've, I've had experiences where I've had couples come and do this kind of therapy and what could have been a really messy, painful breakup turns into a very, um, gentle, um, kind of separation where there's a lot of love, a lot of healing that can happen. So yeah, I've, I've, I've actually had. Uh, a good share of those cases as well. Um, so my role when I'm working with couples or anybody on their relationship is basically I'm there to guide their process. Mm. Um, often we focus so much on the on the content mm-hmm. of what's in front of us. We focus on the hurt. We focus on on the things that were said, on the things that were done. But we, uh, we forget to focus on the feeling. We forget to focus on identifying 
the story that we're telling ourselves, the narrative around the experience. And so the way that I see myself as a relationship therapist um, and the way that I work is making sure that people are paying attention to the narrative they're creating around their experience and making sure they're paying attention to their emotions, making sure that they are sharing the narrative as well, Mm -hmm. making sure that they are sharing their emotions, making sure that they are feeling them in their bodies um, and processing them at at the same time. Um, Because it's so easy to forget to do that. And in fact, a lot of us don't learn how to do that Mm. um, growing up. We don't learn how to do that unless we somehow stumble upon it in therapy or through reading books um we don't we often don't know how to do those things isn't that so amazing? that's my role yeah isn't that yeah. amazing that like we have to do all this self-work as we become adults here we are thinking we're adults and we have a handle on things well sometimes i think that but <laughs> and, yeah. and then you realize oh wait you have to learn how to deal with your mental health and you have to learn how to speak to others and you have to learn how to treat others and treat yourself and how to be a self-assertive and how to do all these things and regulate your emotions without you know and and still continue to live and be an adult and here you th- here you are thinking you, you have a handle on everything but you really don't you're just learning <laughs> everything's yeah. a learning process yeah and one of the things that one of the things that I often tell couples at the beginning of the work is that I'm gonna teach them how to have how to change the inner dialogue mm-hmm. um, so that they can also change the dialogue they're having with their partner. Because the way we speak to ourselves often, first of all, the question is, are we speaking to ourselves before we speak to our partner? Or are we just coming in with a bunch of, you know, emotions, kind of like a little Tasmanian devil, <laughs> you know, <laughs> with, with like we're spinning with, emotional turmoil and are we showing up expecting our partner to decode what we're showing them Uh, right and so so often I I tell people you know you're we're not just here so that you can talk to your partner Mm -hmm. we're here so that you can learn how to talk to yourself we are here so that you can also learn how to listen to yourself so that you can become a better listener for your partner as well um so it's it's really kind of bringing people back to um, to themselves. Wow, that's the way I see it. So um, now that we're heading into this direction of talking about first talking to yourself before you even talk to your partner, um, I feel like this is exact. This um, maybe this is just my mind, but as as the new year is coming along and many people want to start to better their relationships, maybe they're getting into a new relationships. And um, something I often think about is before you get into a relationship. And what are some things that you would suggest to an individual who is seeking to start a new relationship? Wow. Well, that's a very open-ended question. Yes. And it's a loaded (laughs) question because you're like, well, what does this person come with? What's their baggage? What, you know, what's their background? You know, what kind of trauma do they have? And I know it's a, it's a a broad question, but maybe, uh, maybe a generalized question and then they can then internalize yeah, well, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this. Mm-hmm. Um, when people, people first, first of all, have to really take inventory as to where they're at. Mm. Have they done work on themselves before? Mm. Have they not done any work on themselves before? Do they even know what that means? Mm. 
Mm. Um, I think that it's, it's important to take inventory first about what it is that you're looking to get out of a, out of a new relationship. If sometimes it's, it's important to also look back on old relationships and past experiences to see what hasn't worked. And I hate to put it this way, but I will just mm-hmm. because it's, it's really important for us not to lie to ourselves. But often we want to forget about past experiences in past relationships and we want to blame the other person. Mm. And if we look back and if we've had a situation that has repeated itself across different relationships, we have to be looking at ourselves. That's the uncomfortable piece, right? It's recognizing what stuff has repeated across relationships because that stuff is the stuff that I'm the one who needs to work on healing. Mm. I, I give the example of, um, I've been married to my husband for 17 years, so it's not me dating necessarily, but me with friendship. I'll give that example. Okay. Um, it took a while for me to realize that I, I tend to collect friends who have really high expectations for me who leave no room for error. Mm. And, and so therefore I have a lot of anxiety trying to meet their expectations. At least that was my experience until I recognized that until I recognized I have, I have a collection of people who all hold me to very high standards, almost to standards that are impossible to me. And I beat myself up. Right. So I had to take a hard look at why I was doing that, why I was finding these people, why I was seeking these people out and why I was continuing to remain in friendships with these people. So it's kind of like it's kind of down that path that I'm talking about. When you look back to past relationships, if you've experienced a similar issue across relationships, you have to wonder why it is that you keep looking for that Mm. and and where it's coming from for you so that you can work on healing that because it is coming from at the end of the day it's coming from an unhealed part of you Mm. so that's that would be my first piece of advice is take inventory of your unhealed parts if you're looking to start a new relationship because if you don't they will show up in that new relationship. In this episode, we're talking about self-love and uh, talking about definitely becoming more of our authentic selves by focusing on developing a sense of self. And one big part of that is our self-care. And that in today's episode, we have a sponsor. That's right. Bisasso Beauty is our sponsor for today's episode. And I I don't know if you've ever heard of Bisasso Beauty, but it is... Um, Besaso, which means big kiss in Spanish, 
It is a self-care pampering kit where it is pampering our beautiful lips. With Bisasso Beauty, this is an enjoyable treat more than simply a treatment. As the name implies, Bisasso is also about lips and the special care they deserve. Age and environmental factors play havoc on lips, especially here in the big NJ, New Jersey. We lose collagen the older we get, which attributes to thinner lips. Oh, nobody wants that. We want to keep these big old lips. <laughs> uh, dry winter cold and UV rays also damage this tender area. Bessasso Beauty comes to the rescue offering vegan lip exfoliating scrubs and lip care products to prepare your lips for besasos or kisses by scrubbing the lips one to three times a week it's possible to bring them back to life and get the plump and moisturized look that's so desirable you'll be insta ready in no time leaving lips soft and kissable and i can attribute to this uh, i've never used that uh the big mask that you put on your lips and after i used the exfoliator i was like oh yes this feels nice but that lip mask as funny as it looked it was so so invigorating it left my lips so luscious this latinx small business uh business company beautifully caters to the millennial and gen z generations many of whom want the ethical and sensible beauty options that's what they'll find in Bessassel Bessassel Beauty and an, an idea that's eight years in the making check out these luscious lip offerings and remember to tag them on Instagram showing those gorgeous lips that's Bessasso Beauty that's B-E-S-A-Z-O-B-A-U-T-Y that's Bessasso Beauty thank you again Bessasso Beauty for sponsoring this episode today let's get those luscious lips going ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, and something that you're saying so interesting to me is that, you know, I say it all the time that every relationship is a relationship, you know, friendship, um, and um, a relationship, a spousal relationship, uh, a work relationship, but like it's, you are the common denominator in all those relationships, and you really do have to look internally and and reflect on what are you seeking out in it and, and why are you seeking that val that form of validation from other individuals or that companionship or uh and that's very interesting to me I kind of have to um, think about that one myself because um I've been noticing some patterns even in my own friendships and mm -hmm. um it's so interesting you said that because I was like wow I, I'm I'm kind of noticing some similar um, trends with my friendships as well and how long they last or how short they are, the miscommunications mm -hmm. that occur. Um, and so that, uh, yeah, so this this isn't just for then, I would say, or I don't know, maybe you would say or not, but would you say then as your role could also be for not just couples, could you, would you also see friends or um, co-workers or you know if someone were to seek out that kind of help I have oh, okay. I have um, I market myself as a therapist that works with couples but I have also had people seek me out for friendships that are not working out and are kind of in a gridlock mm -hmm. um, it's not been 
as common, but I have definitely had those cases. Um, often I will have people reach out for sibling relationships as well. Wow. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's totally, and anybody who, who specializes in relationships um, and is open to working with non-couples, um, yeah, can definitely work with, with those kinds of situations. Awesome. Um, yeah. So then once you're in a relationship, if you've begun, you've looked internally <laughs> and uh-huh. uh, something, something I, I sometimes find, and I think it could be common amongst many people is that um, people tend to lose themselves a little bit and, you know, you get lost in the honeymoon phase and people become engulfed with one another. Uh, uh-huh. How can, or what can an individual do to maintain their sense of self and and what is that because i often hear that a lot what does it mean to maintain your sense of self and what does that look like yeah i i love this question because i do think that we don't often talk about about what is the sense of self mm-hmm. um so my best answer to that is having a sense of self is when when you know that you can see yourself, when you have clarity, despite all the noise in the world, despite all the noise in your life, despite all the noise in your relationship, you have a good understanding of who you are, what you stand for, what you believe in, what you value. Mm. And you also have a good sense of where there's room for flexibility and compromise and where there isn't. Mm. So that's my answer for, for what is a sense of self. It's being able to see ourselves with clarity and without hesitation. Oh, yeah. And I think um, that that one specific word said, like, your values, like, what you to your core believe and you know that what you're not you're unwavered in those things and yeah you could be more open-minded about it but you know how you feel about certain given topics or about even things about yourself like you know for for a particular thing how you how you want to be treated or spoken to or or in that Mm -hmm. manner yeah because I often feel like people say, oh, I, I take care of myself. I, I I value myself. And yes, like self-value, like caring for yourself is important. But I, I feel like the message, especially on social media, gets misconstrued. And it, there are people call it like, you know, like um, the face masks and the pedicures and the and is it just that? Would you say that it's the same thing, like self-care and sense of self? I feel like sometimes they get misconstrued and they become almost the same thing. Mm-hmm. No, no, it's it's not it's not the same thing. <laughs> um, it's not the same thing, and and it saddens me. I, I'm gonna tell you why. It saddens me because we we have we have learned to trust social media to tell us what to believe so much mm-hmm. that sometimes we don't question what we see, right. and. And it saddens me that some people actually believe that self-care with pedicures and face masks and massages um, is actually having a good sense of self. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, you can do all those things and still be in a very abusive relationship. Yes. 
Absolutely. And you right? can, you can look amazing and you can be the best shape of your life and you could yeah. um, speak positive words and positive, have positivity and, you know, close the door and in your relationship and ha- excuse me, in your house and with your spouse, you can have the darkest relationship. I've, I've, I've heard people tell me these things about their relationships. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> um, yeah. And it was so definitive too. No, this is not the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, um, it, it, it's one of those things that I think, like I said, it really saddens me when I, when I see that people actually believe that. Mm-hmm. And, and I, and I will, I will be really transparent. I think at some point I, I believe that as well, mm-hmm. you know, and I think, I think it's a good start. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a good start when we start. It, it is one of the ways that we can connect with ourselves right? Um, to take care of ourselves by doing these, all these awesome things for our body. Um, but it's not, that's not it because that is, that doesn't necessarily um, inform me about the way, like you said, that I want to be spoken to the way that I, that I feel, that I feel like, I am seen in a relationship mm. the way that it, it doesn't inform the way that I actually feel loved in a relationship. And if it does, then, then we have a serious issue to look at. Absolutely. Right. If, if, if this is, if this is, if getting pedicures and face masks and massages paid for by my partner it's all I need in order to be happy, then, then that there's a serious issue right there. There's, there's a big disconnect. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So then how, how important would you say is maintaining a sense of self when you're within a relationship or is it selfish Very important. to do so? Yeah. No, no, it's not selfish at all. Um, I like to teach people when I work with them, I, I get that question of, is it selfish? Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually have gotten so many clients saying, I feel selfish when, you know, like even just coming to therapy mm. um, because, you know, my partner's watching the kids or whatever, for whatever reason they feel selfish. And I tell them, let's change the structure of the word selfish and let's look at it as if it's self with a dash and then the ish. Mm. Right? And then the it's, ish, yeah. <laughs> and then the ish. <laughs> you know, it's because it's not selfish in the sense that that we understand that word to mean. Mm-hmm. It's selfish in that we are make, doing something for the self mm-hmm. to have a sense of self. We are we are protecting the sense of self. We are protecting our essence. Mm-hmm. We we everybody has a a right to be. Mm-hmm. Everybody has a right to have a purpose. Everybody has a right to to live a life that they feel is in direct connection with their purpose. Mm-hmm. And if they're giving that up in order to make a relationship work, then they're not being authentic with themselves or their partner. And when we're not authentic in a relationship, 
we're not able to show up as the best version of ourselves. So when we're not able to show up as the best version of, of ourselves, we're not able to have the best relationship with that other person. And then it comes back to then what is, why are you in this relationship? Like what, yeah. what, what purpose does it serve you? Yeah. And so, and so it's important to understand that it's not about what I, what I'm saying here is not about you should make it all about you mm-hmm. in the relationship. No, that's not what I'm saying. There should be room. Like I said earlier, there should be room for, for compromise, for mm-hmm. flexibility. Mm-hmm. There should be things that maybe you would prefer. And you know that if it came down to you picking between the relationship and those things, those things could actually go. You could do without. Mm-hmm. But there's also things that are non-negotiable. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if you are in a relationship um, I'll give you an example, a personal example. Mm-hmm. For me, a non-negotiable would be abuse. Right. If I have a partner who speaks to me in a degrading way, if I have a partner who is um, ridiculing me in front of others, if I have a partner who um, thinks it's okay to shove me or to make fun of me and just make me feel very small as a person um, or threaten me or do more blatant things that are abusive actually hit me. Mm. Those are non-negotiables for me. I know that as part of my sense of self that I have so much self-respect and self-love that I would not allow that in my relationship. That would be, I, I would not wait to see if this person would change because I would actually believe this person has already shown me who they are. And so I would get out. That would be a non-negotiable for me. Wow. So then that that goes back then to what we were talking about earlier too, then knowing that then you have your when you know your values, then that's kind of like even just putting it in plainer terms, saying like, what are, are you willing to allow and not allow in a relationship? Like, what are your yeses and nos, like definitive? Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to I was going to say that a lot of people that end up because I don't want this to sound like there's any shaming towards anybody that has experienced or is experiencing um, abuse in their relationship. Mm-hmm. There is, there is my experience. I have an extensive background in working with those that have been in abusive relationships. Mm -hmm. I used to work at a domestic violence agency for five years. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of my observations is that most people who enter those relationships that turn out to be abusive are people that enter at a time when they are the most vulnerable. Mm-hmm. unable to really take that inventory that I was talking about. Mm-hmm. And so kind of going back to that question about what are some things that I would suggest to someone who's seeking to start a new relationship is, is one of the things that I would add to that would be if you are in a vulnerable state 
because you just ended another relationship, because you just lost a loved one, because for whatever reason you're experiencing a transition, you may want to give yourself a little more time before actually starting a relationship. Because you want to make sure that you're not too distracted from taking that self-inventory. You're not too distracted from really looking at who it is that you're looking to enter a relationship with. I think that's very important, taking the time for sure, because sometimes what I, there's like a, a refrain that's like you know you kind of like jump in before you even check like the temperature of the water you just jump head mm -hmm. head first and yeah um, we let our uh, feelings or emotions like get the best of us and we kind of have to like really check in with ourselves truly check in with ourselves before we take the leap yeah so just to circle back to so then I know like trying to separate ourselves from this guilt of needing to send like create a sense of self and make sure that we maintain it within a relationship because it's vital because it allows us to be ourselves and be our authentic selves within a relationship. How can we then make it so that um, our significant others help us in aiding and maintaining our sense of self? I know, I know sometimes like giving, giving space can be helpful, mm -hmm. but how do we ask for that and how do they help us maintain it? And I know we can also help them then maintain theirs as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's a two way street. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I think that first, this is why it's so important to really have our eyes open at the beginning of a relationship mm -hmm. is the person that I'm looking to enter a new relationship with. Um, capable of doing that is a very important thing to ask ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes you'll find that you have a partner that's, that's not very open to or maybe not very good at encouraging you to take time for yourself or for you to, to go after the things that you aspire. Mm -hmm. And so... If you don't, it's important to have those conversations with your partner. It's important to, it's important to express what it means to you. Mm. Sometimes our partners don't know to do that because they don't know what it means for us. And I think that this is the, the question that kind of opens the door for me to talk a little bit about vulnerability. Mm. Um, it's so important that we learn to be vulnerable. We learn to practice vulnerability in a relationship with a partner. And I will say, even in relationships with friends, right? I was talking about my example of having a collection of friends that would have these really high standards for me. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I had to realize when, when, I, when I realized the pattern was the way that I play into that is I don't really open up. I don't really practice vulnerability with them to let them see my struggles. Mm -hmm. So I go along with letting them think that I too can be perfect just the way they expect me to. Mm -hmm. Right. So when I started opening up, I was able to see which of those friends actually had the potential to, to work with me and, and, and work on healing their unhealed parts in order to make our friendship work. Right. And, and the ones that couldn't stand my vulnerability were the ones that just were not 
meant to be in a friendship moving forward with me. So if I have a partner who's not able to, to hold space for me to, and by hold space, I mean to listen and to actually use what I'm sharing um, and use that in a way to find opportunities to encourage me. Um, if they're not able to withstand my, my, my vulnerability, if they're too uncomfortable, then that partner may not be ready for the kind of relationship that I'm looking for. But if I do have somebody who is willing and capable of doing that, um, it's important to just have a conversation that, that allows them to understand how, how intentional this is for us, how much this means for us. And by intentional, I mean how much we want to work on separating ourselves from the guilt that their encouragement really means a lot. Right. So that if they see us struggling um, in doing something for ourselves so that they can be our cheerleader, mm. you know, um, my husband, I'll give you my example with my husband, my husband, um, whenever in the beginning of, of when I became a therapist, um, I started attending conferences and it was really hard for me to go off on a, you know, five day conference and like not really be around my husband because we met in college. We met when we were 18. We were, you know, technically kids. I've been with him <laughs> for more than half my life. <laughs> um, and so it was hard to separate myself from him, but he knew that whatever I was signing up for, he knew that was important. He knew that was important for me to grow as a professional. Right. And he also knows that I geek out on psychology. Mm. So it was both a, a professional <laughs> and a personal, you know, thing that I was going to go and do. And so I would start talking on about how guilty I felt or how much, you know, I didn't want to be away from him and how it was going to suck being away from him. And my husband would, he would, he would hear me out and he would let me finish. And then he would say, Hey, it's going to be okay. Mm. You're doing this for yourself. You need to do this for yourself. And I'd be like, okay, <laughs> but it sucks. And so, and so my husband would ask me, how can I support you? How can I support you with this? Sometimes wow. the support I needed was him dropping me off. Right. Sometimes my husband has actually gone to conferences with me when they're like, longer more extended conferences um where even though he's not going to go into the conference with me he'll go and stay with me at the hotel wow and he'll mind his own business he'll do his <laughs> you know he'll work remotely right and then we get to hang out afterwards right so sometimes the support looks different but he's still willing to support me so that i can go and do and do that right. for myself yeah that's so important so, yeah, we need to be really, really transparent with our partners and, and ask because they're not mind readers. No, that is so hard. Yeah. That is so hard to remind yourself sometimes because you just be like, you've been with me how long? And you still don't know when I, you know, <laughs> you still don't know me. <laughs> no, they don't know you. They barely know themselves. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, yes. Remember what I said. I, I work on helping people 
reconnect with themselves. Yeah. Some people are struggling and our partners are no different That's they're right. part of those people we're part of those people wow so yeah it's important it's important to have a lot of grace for our partners and that's why it's our job to communicate our needs oh man i feel i feel like we could get together and do a whole another podcast i may i've written down so many uh, notes from everything that we've talked about today um and I know we have, we're like on a time crunch. So I just want to just say like, um, thank you again for being here today. Um, it, this truly, this means you have no idea how much this means to me. Um, do you have any last words of advice or words of encouragement for any individuals, um, that could be separate from the podcast or could be directly connected? Um, you know, these, this is what comes to mind relationships are hard <laughs> yes absolutely <laughs> relationships are hard and and if they weren't i'd be out of a job <laughs> you know so myself and everyone every other therapist that works with relationships you know mm-hmm. it's it's relationships are hard we are complex mm-hmm. and it is so important that we have that we learn to have so much grace for ourselves that we learn to have so much grace for our partners and that we really, really get to know ourselves and that we don't compromise what feels right to us. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what comes to mind because I know that there's, there's so much more that could be said on this topic. Absolutely. And for those people that don't have a supportive spouse or a willing spouse, you know, sometimes it's not about having a supportive spouse. It's it's really about having a willing spouse to open up and have these conversations. Mm-hmm. For those people, there's still hope. There's still hope. And, and there is hope until there isn't. And what I mean by that is if you go out of your way to make changes for yourself in order to connect with yourself in order to learn how to show up more authentically in your relationship. Mm -hmm. You are in some way going to influence your spouse, going to influence your partner. And whether they want to or not, they're going to respond to that influence that you're having on them. And it's going to be on them to respond in a positive or a negative manner. And that's what's going to dictate what your next step is. Because let me tell you, when we start being more authentic, when we start um, really holding on to our sense of self and really defining our sense of self, um, it becomes really difficult to be in relationships where we are not able to show up as our authentic self. Hmm. So I guess the, 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 the label, the, the label of warning with all of this is that the more you work on strengthening your sense of self, the more you work on being authentic and showing up, authentic, showing up authentically, the more likelihood there is that you will start losing relationships. Not, I'm not, I'm not saying necessarily your partner. Mm especially if your partner is supportive and open to this kind of stuff, mm-hmm. you won't. 
but other relationships. When we start working in that relationship with ourselves, those changes start, um, they, they have, what's the word I'm looking for? They have like an echo throughout the rest of our relationship. Mm. So that's my warning with, with all of this, with all of this advice and information is that if you're ready to make that change for yourself, then also be ready to make that change that is inevitable, that is coming within your relationship. Sometimes we don't lose relationships. We just lose the dynamic that we used to have. And and that can be painful too. That was deep. (laughs) Wow. Um, I've said wow so many times. I'm literally, um, I'm just trying to take it all in at the same time. Thank you so much again. Uh, I don't know how many times I'm going to say thank you, but I feel like there's so many dimes just through this, this entire piece as well. But if anyone out there wants to hear more from Maritza, she definitely has uh, her, all her socials. Maritza, if you could just plug yourself, um, your Instagram or any other social media pages that you may have or a form of communication that if someone listening yeah. to this would like to communicate with you. Yeah. So I'm mainly on Instagram, not haven't been very active this year here and there I'll, I'll post um but it's mindful quest r as in relationship and cf in counseling mm-hmm. so mindful quest rc um my website is mindful quest relationship counseling or mindful quest rc.com either one will work i have both domains um i'm also on on facebook so most of the time the posts you see on instagram they also get posted on facebook same handle um and that's that's it that's all i have uh and that's all she needs when you look at her profile i mean i was immediately i gravitated to immediately and there's just so much information on there uh and i know there's like little reels and things like that and um and and i know that they'll find a lot and definitely reach out to her if if uh you would like additional information or anything like that. Uh, thank you again, Marita, for being on today. Uh, I truly thank you. Just, um, just mind blown this entire episode. Uh, I love talking about relationships, but to have an actual individual who studied this and not just read a few articles online, I, it just, uh, it's definitely something that um, I'm very interested in. And uh, I know that any any of the listeners listening are you know, probably have their pen and paper out right now taking notes. Uh, so truly thank you. Thank you for having me. It's, it's an honor and relationships are a passion topic for me. So anytime <laughs> you want to talk about relationships, just call me up. I will. I will. I have a list when I get this, cr- when, when I get it like, you know, really fluffed out, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'll send you a DM. <laughs> okay. <you> <laughs> All righty. All right. Uh, Thank you, everyone, for listening, for being here today. Thank you for following us on all social media platforms. If you haven't already, please subscribe. Hit that. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe at Hey Titi. That's H-E-Triple-Y-T-I-T-I on all social media platforms. Thank you again for listening. Nos vemos. Adios. Bye.